Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the American Redemption Podcast. I think we have a really great episode lined up for you guys today. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited. This is actually our, our oldest guest ever. Today the topic is fatherhood, faith, and family and how that relates to commitment. And we are on with Matthew. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. I, I guess I'm happy and honored to be a distinguished guest as your oldest guest as well. So uh, thank you for allowing me to be on your, your show today. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We're excited. So yeah, what are you talking about? Oh, sorry, Stephen, go ahead. No, definitely uh, a lot of uh, wisdom to uh, bestow on us. So we're here to uh, to listen and learn from you just as much as you are to share your experiences with us so that we can all uh, uh, look to grow. All right. And with that, Matthew, why don't you uh, kick us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, introducing the topic. Yeah. Well, again, thank you. Uh, what I want to focus on today is talking about fatherhood, family, and faith, which really ties into commitment. Um, a little bit about me, um, high level, is I've always had this uh, emphasis in my life as family first. I've been married now for uh, 27 years to my wife. Uh, we were married Catholic, went and transferred to a Baptist church and into a Lutheran church. And after lots of course of prayers and discussion between my wife and I and uh, a Catholic priest and a, a Lutheran minister, we actually ended up coming back to the Catholic Church and, and have been to the Catholic Church now for the past 15 years. Uh, we are blessed with four children, two girls and two boys, three in college. So I don't have any plans for retirement anytime soon since it'll be three in college for the next three years. And um, we're... we're a lot of my uh, emphasis is focused on, and it wasn't always the case. I didn't realize this you know, early on in my uh, in my marriage and, and having children, but was how do you really uh, respond to the people around you uh, to help to change the heart and the minds of others? Again, I was uh, early on, didn't understand that, didn't know what it meant to be a husband, didn't know what it meant to be a father. And after I had my first child, I'm like, wow, maybe probably should change how I'm going to provide for my family. So I focused on, on deeper parental involvement, as well as not only at home, but also in community involvement, getting involved with different nonprofit organizations and family first type organizations, and then more involved with uh, activities that the kids were getting involved with, uh, either through the YMCA or through their school. So that was that, that's where I had started. And again, early on in, in my marriage and my family, didn't understand what it really meant to, to take on this responsibility. It, it was over the course of quite a number of years that I fell into understanding I have, I have to really sit back and provide for my family. So there's, there's a spiritual aspect to it. There's a financial aspect for it or to it. Then it's also this overall being there, being present in, in the life of your, of your children. Yeah, that's good stuff. I think um, the, one of the primary ways we will be able to work on improving the culture is by being active and involved with our own families. Um, that's the way that everyone has, you know, everyone's got a family. And through that, we, we all have a, a, a tremendous amount of influence on, on those people. And, and through small acts in our own life and being there with our family, we'll be able to improve 
the American culture by, you know, instilling good values in our family members and our friends and uh, being involved in the community is the next step from that. So it looks like you've hit all those bases. And, and again, that, that took, that took years to kind of figure that out. It wasn't, wasn't anything overnight. Um, and, and when I was first married, I was pretty selfish. I just was still going out and hanging out with my buddies and my friends. I didn't really understand what it meant to have this sense of, um, pro, as a provider for my family. At the time we didn't have kids yet. So it was just my wife and I'm like, eh, life isn't really much different. We're just living together and now married. And, uh, what is that? What, why, why should I stop going out with my friends and hanging out with them? And then even as from a job standpoint, I would just kind of take a job and provide and make some money, but never really understood how this, this evolution between, um, your personal life and professional life, uh, and they were completely separated at, at that time. But over the course of the, the years of having a family and now over the last couple of years with the pandemic, you have a complete blend between personal and professional life. So you have to understand the, the importance of how you're acting as an individual as in your personal life, as a father, as a husband, as a member of your community, that also ties into how you're um, performing your job functions. So the people that you're working with in, in your company, your organization, they're relying on you to do your job. And I didn't understand that um, uh, early on in my career. I, I was probably close to 30, 35 years old before I realized the company needs me just as much as I need them. Hmm. Uh, something you touched on there that I've been, been very impressed with, uh, with Steven on is Steven's only been out of college uh, for less than two years and he's already talking about his career in relation to his future family. Steven's been making career moves and talking about his career uh, with the perspective in mind that he needs to be providing for his family and he doesn't even have a family yet. So Steven's already thinking about that stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, the early, you, you can put that in perspective and, and the importance of it. There, there's the financial aspect of it. You know, with, with my four kids, uh, three in college, I, I started already talking to them as they're, you know, early 20s and late teens as start thinking about your future. You're, when you're 40, you're 50, you're 60 years old and you're going to retire, how do you start getting yourself financially prepared to uh, look at a retirement? You know, that's 30 or 40 years from now for them but you, you need to have that proper planning. So us as the, as the father and the, and the husband of, of the family, the head of the family, we need to be leading them down those paths. Everybody's not gonna always follow where you're leading them, but we need to be obligated, we are obligated to, to uh, bring our children down that path. You know, when I was, if I can expand on that as well, when, when I was first married and we started having kids, I always had this image in my mind Oh, we're going to be happy. We're going to be going on vacations together. We're always going to hold hands and hug and everything's going to be perfect. And that's certainly not the case. You know, shortly after you have children, kids get sick, you have more financial responsibility. All of a sudden it was this image of, wow, it's pretty chaotic. And as the kids get older, they're involved with more. So your time is spent going across multiple aspects, not only from a work standpoint, but also that professional or uh, personal standpoint of how you're interacting and what you're doing with your children, taking to music events or sporting events, uh, their different activities. And, and how do you, how do you get yourself to be there in the moment with the, with the children at the time? Cause they need it and we all need it. It's a, it's this 
interdependency between father and child. Yeah, it looks like time management only becomes more important as you get older. Yeah, it's very critical. And the sooner you, you can learn that uh, as you know, 20, 25 year old, you, you'll see how things do become easier to kind of project manage your day and your schedule for your, again, your day, your week or, or the month that you're involved with. Yeah, that's a really <clears throat> interesting point you bring up about project managing because they talk about how all CEOs budget out like the time in their day. They talk about Elon Musk puts his schedule to his day in like five minute increments. And really, if you think about it, uh, like big picture, you being the father in your family, I mean, you're... <clears throat> You're managing your your family as as someone manages uh, an organization. I think that's a really you're managing where you're putting your time, where you're putting your uh, uh, the needs of your family as well as yourself. So I I think the uh, people don't tend to 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 look at it that way, but really, I mean, you're uh, running a, a household, running a your the day-to-day tasks with your family. I think that's a really big thing, the project management aspect of it. And obviously, you don't want to be down to like, oh, I'm going to spend like exactly like two minutes doing this task with my family. It, it should be much more, uh, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure where I'm going there. Well, so... It is. It is a, a management expectation to it. I, I will tell you, <laughs> my my children and my wife at the same time. They, it's a it's a fault of of, uh, of mine, but um, but it keeps us it keeps us on task, keeps us on target towards you know going out and having a fun time, but also getting things done around the house or, or paying the bills or whatever that wherever else that may be. So you have to have a, a certain blend between knowing how to manage your time and expectations, implementing it with, with your uh, wife and children at the same time, not taking them off along the road, because you know, you, know, you guys are kids, you're young, you probably get irritated with your parents trying to overstep their boundaries sometimes. So when do you push and when do you back off? Uh, and it's the same principle you, you have at work. Um, when, when, if you're a manager, you gotta have that blend between knowing how to utilize the strength of your individual team members or um, your children. You know, I have certain children that are better cook, uh, cooking um, versus cleaning the floors or cleaning out the garage, right? Where are their talents? Where are they weak at? And how do you, how do you leverage those strengths and those skills between um, your, your different employees or, or even your children? My parents uh, listen to this podcast, so uh, so no, I, I never never get upset with them. <laughs> wow, was that with your dad last night? That's not what he says. <laughs> so well, I've heard um, the fatherhood role referred to by some uh, Christian philosophers as a priest, prophet, and king, the household priest, prophet, king. Have you ever heard that? I have. I've, I've, I have heard that, um, but I'm not sure how it necessarily applies. Um, for me, I just kind of um, think it. When I'm when I'm thinking about me as a husband, as a father, I pray to Saint Joseph to be that provider, um, as Saint Joseph was a provider for his family, um, taking care of the needs. You, you don't hear a whole lot about him um, uh, in the 
New Testament, but you have reference points to know that he was there as a leader, as a provider for his family. Yeah, I think he was only mentioned maybe once in the Gospels, which is crazy, but he had such a huge role in protecting Christ and his mother. And um, he just, like the whole, the whole Gospel would not have been possible without Joseph. Yeah, and there's three reference points that I, I could bring up for you. Uh, talking about the, the importance of fatherhood, but also really on, the, on marriage. So one of the things that we learn from is through repetition. And when we hear things repeated, uh, it's usually something we should pay attention to, whether that was during school or learning at work. <clears throat> but there, there's three instances in, in, the, in the Bible that really talks about how close we are with prayer and how critical, important a family is to our Heavenly Father. Um, in the first book of Genesis, in chapter 1, I believe it's verses 26 through 28, um, is where God created man in his image after, after the likeness and let them have dominion over the fish and sea and the birds and the cattle, um, or birds of the air and, and the cattle. And it goes on, it says, God created man in his image, the divine image. He created him male and female. God blessed them saying to them, be fruit, uh, fertile and, and multiply. So very early on in the new Testament, first chapter, there's this point of the, about the covenant of marriage and starting a family. So it must be pretty important if we were starting the New Testament this or the Old Testament this way. And it's reinforced in the very next chapter, in chapter 2, uh, verses 21 through 24. And if you, if you jump ahead to the New Testament, the very first thing that happens here is the Holy Family, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. Both parents are doing what's necessary and doing the will of, of God and providing as a, for a child and for their family. So the very beginning of the Old Testament, very beginning of the New Testament, it's repeated about the essence of family. And then it closes in the last book of the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, in the victory song in Revelations chapter 19, talking about <clears throat> um, this marriage supper of the Lamb. And, it, and it, the, it, he goes on and says, Then I heard something like the sound of a great multitude or the sound of rushing water, or mighty peals of thunder, as they said. Hallelujah. The Lord has established his reign, the God Almighty. Let us rejoice and be glad for giving him glory. For the wedding day of the Lamb has come. His bride has made herself ready. So we have three instances, beginning of the Old Testament, beginning of the New Testament, and closing, talking about this essence of how important it is of marriage and this covenant relationship between you and your wife or husband and wife providing for your family, your children, but then this relationship between your heavenly father and how critical that is for our relationships overall. Yeah, I think that's uh, a very good point you make. Honestly, sometimes in, in our day-to-day -day lives, uh, the answers that we're looking for tend to be right in front of our face. And uh, with God outlaying that in, in the Bible saying, I mean, th there's no other way to put it other than he's beating you over the head with it. It's just the question of whether you're willing to uh, answer his call. And it's, and it's important, I think, you understand that call, where it is you're being called to. For me, uh, from an education standpoint, um, 
I wasn't the best student in the world. I wasn't bad, but I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. I always had this pull, this, this pulling in my heart and my mind that I just wanted to be a dad. I wanted to have a, a good family. And I, so you had to kind of understand what is your why for me, my why was to provide for my family. And so when I think about those things, my why was providing for the family in, in two aspects, one here on earth, how do I do that? Having a good job to provide for them financially and taking care of their needs, but also then that spiritual as aspect of it. Now I will tell you, I wasn't, it, it was through the grace of God that, that my wife really emphasized these things to me. She was, she's been a great blessing to help me see what it is to be a father, what it is to be a husband and have a better relationship with our heavenly father. So they blend so well together and it changed how I not only um, interacted with her, always learning, I can always do better. I'm sure she'll always tell um, anybody willing to listen. Yeah, he could do much better, which is true um, as being a husband, um, being the caretaker and listening. You know, one of the biggest weaknesses for men is we don't listen very well and me included. But how do we apply that across the board to our children, to our wives, and then also uh, in, in your job, uh, how do you how do you apply those principles of providing and responding to the people around you, no matter what setting it is, and be that positive impact? You know, there, there's such a, a lack of fatherhood in so many families nowadays, and you, and you see this pulling apart of families, and, and that's that's really um, it's a hard concept for people to understand how important. A husband and a uh, husband and wife and father and mother are to, are to raising your children. So it, it, think about this, the level of interaction you have with your children and what it means to be have a, a strong disciplined hand from the father and the loving side of the mother. And how do you blend those together? I think uh, this father and fatherless crisis we've seen in America in the last 50 years has really highlighted uh, some of the very unique roles of the father you know look look at all the communities that don't have very high rates of fatherhood they're they're in trouble and we can look at statistics to see what the impact of having a father in the household is uh even just looking at, at keeping children in the faith if you have uh the mother in the faith only and not the father the rate of retention is very low if it's the father and the mother it is about 80% retention. And if you have just the father, it's still about 80%. So like keeping the, the father, the father is the one that keeps children in the faith most of the time. And this seems to be this the case with um, just mo a lot of core values like work ethic and, and uh, uh, a lot of other good conservative values come from the father in many cases. Yeah. And to, and to extrapolate that a little further, um, you, you can you can see reports through the National Fatherhood Initiative by uh, U.S. Department of Education, <clears throat> U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Children living in an absent fatherhood homes are twice as likely to drop out of school, which causes problems down the road. You know, and then they're also twice as twice as likely to repeat um, the same grade in school and 54 percent more likely to be poorer than their parents. So it's setting them up for failure for not being there, not being present. And that's the, how important it is to have both a father, a father and a mother um, uh, involved in the raising of a child. <clears throat> Absolutely. One of the most damaging lies the left has pushed is that the father doesn't need to be there. It's been disastrous. 
Yeah, and then, uh, a little bit further on the statistics, in that scenario, um, there there is a seven times more likely uh, females are seven times more likely to actually experience teen pregnancy. Again, this is changing their life dramatically, and what they want to do, how are they going to provide for their families, how are they going to raise their children, are they going to um, have to get a job and get get daycare or whatever that may be. It's a very difficult nowadays to have a, a stay-at-home parent, but you're having the uh, teenage pregnancies. You're you're not setting yourself up for um, the most beneficial uh, future. It's going to be very difficult to catch up. So something I wanted to ask about is how do you keep your family grounded in the faith and in conservative values? Because, you know, you're sending most kids go to public school and that's become kind of an indoctrination camp for the left and then the entire culture our media you know all of our music our tv shows our movies etc are trying to turn the population into basically godless heathens and the only counter to that is the family really that's you know that's the, the greatest counter and that's why the left hates the family so much but what exactly do you what does it what does it take from a from a father and a mother to keep the kids on the right track one is is an agreement or understanding between husband and wife. What are the most important things that you want to provide for for your for your family? And my wife and I had talked about this early on in our marriage. And again, I didn't really know, as I, as I referenced early on, I didn't really know what it meant to be a husband. Didn't really know what it meant to be a father early on when I had uh, had our Emily, our, our oldest. But. Um, my wife and I talked about the importance of having a strong, committed, faithful relationship. Now, as I mentioned as well, we went to, uh, we got married in a Catholic church, went to a Baptist church, went to a Lutheran church, and then came back to a Catholic church. I frankly would never came back to a Catholic church. Um, I would have stayed at the Lutheran church. We had a great pastor there. Our children loved um, attending the um, Sunday Bible school there. But my wife had this pool. And, and strong calling to come back to the Catholic Church, and and I remember sitting down as we're talking to a, a, a Catholic priest, we're talking to a Lutheran minister about which direction we wanted to go, what we're going to do. I remember just saying, whatever decision that my wife makes here, um, I'll be in agreement with it. We're going to do it 100% together, whether we stay at the Lutheran Church or go back to the Catholic Church. So it was it was communication to understand the importance of what we both wanted. But what was important for our children, and, and if I could, there, there's there's two incidents that really stand out to me. Um, and Andrew, you may know these stories. I'm not sure if you've ever heard them, but as we as we um, had our children, there there's two significant stories that ended up taking place or events that took place. My oldest boy, who's now 19 years old, um, him and I went down to a Pittsburgh Steelers football game one Sunday evening, and I always had this this um, motto with the, our children, hold my hand. I always wanted to hold their hand so I knew where they were. I knew I could guide them, protect them, lead them. And so we had left the, um, it was a preseason game, it was a Sunday night. And we left the game and we had taken a water taxi from downtown Pittsburgh over to the stadium. And, and so halftime comes, we go back to the water taxi to, to take the ride back, but the, the taxi wasn't ready to leave. And I'm leaning over talking to the captain over the edge of the boat off the river walk. And there's no guardrails or anything on the river walk. And I had let Matthew's hand go 
who was standing on my left side. He was only four years old at the time. And he walks behind me to my right side and the boat starts drifting away and plunges into the water. This is like 10 o'clock at night, pretty dark outside. And I just immediately jumped into the water, had no idea of what I was going to do, where he was. But by the grace of God, I was able to uh, get my hand down into the water as I'm kind of hold myself up, grab him by the scruff of the neck, of uh, a shirt near his neck, and I pulled him up, and a bunch of people pulled him out after that. From then on, I, I remember just thinking, I need to do a better job. I have to be more aware of my what's going on with my children's lives. And we had a very similar incident with our uh, second daughter. We lost her in New York City one time, and, and it was momentarily. But when we had lost her, it seemed like eternity. And it might have been maybe 30 seconds to a minute. And it was around um, uh, Christmas time. And, and there's a sea of people around. Eventually, we found her. Again, it was only like maybe a minute, not very long. But in that moment, or both of those moments, you realize how this <clears throat> you have this pull and this love for your children. And you don't want to lose it. And that just has continued to grow as a relationship for us as a family. So we we didn't make it an option not to go to Mass on Sundays or Holy Day of Obligation. It was a requirement. The kids never asked. They just did it. And to this day, they don't question it. So it was a repetition of building that, um, that desire into, the, into their lives where they didn't want to miss Sunday school. They didn't want to miss Sunday Mass. They didn't want to miss those different events at, at the church. And, and we see that manifest now it's, as they're young adults, and they're, they're still continuing that. So it was that reinforcement that we had by a couple of incidents that I had described, but also the understanding between my wife and I, how critical it was that we reinforce faith and family and commitment to that. So the strong foundation is very key. And also, I think it's cool that it was just a like a a natural reaction, no thought. You just went into the water. That's cool. There's, yeah, that's like a something deep in the brain that makes fathers just do whatever it takes. Yeah, every time we drive over the bridge right near there, which is the, um, um, which bridge is that? <laughs> brain fart on that one. But anyways, every time we go over to the South Hills, drive over uh, the, the bridge, one of the kids will say, yeah, is that where Matthew fell in the water? I'm like, yeah, that's where he fell in the water. I think every family's got some funny stories like that. One of my uncles uh, fell out of the, the family car when he was a kid while he was just eating a, a, a Big Mac. He was little. He just fell out of the car and was sitting in the intersection eating the Big Mac. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, continuing off of that, uh, my question to you was, how do we stay committed to uh, our goals, maybe 5, 10, 20 years down the line? And what advice would you give to young men in our society who want to be fathers and strong uh, men of faith? And then uh, we've obviously touched on uh, your path on how you've gotten to that point so maybe just give us some uh some pointers or some uh, recurring themes like you were talking about earlier that keep coming up yeah i'd say the the biggest thing or several big things to me is the understanding and the commitment between 
you and your wife, that, that married couple, what is it that's the most important to you? Is it personal possessions, you know, big TVs, big house, whatever that is, or is it your faith? It can be both in the essence of this. You can be a committed Christian and a man of faith and a family of faith and still uh, have a successful career. And then you need to understand then what is it, what is determining a successful career? For me, successful career was having a job that I could provide for my family. I wasn't necessarily concerned about climbing the corporate ladder. Um, I knew that I could work hard and provide for the family, pay the bills and take care of those needs so that I could spend time with my children. So if I'm looking out your young age, five, 10, you know, 15, 20 years, where do you want that to be? Do you want a, a, a relationship with your wife that just, it, you keep being called back to that as a provider and as a husband and as a father. And, and as your children continue to grow, how do you, how do you meet those needs? There's the spiritual side of things, your faith side of things, but there's also the responsibility of, of the financial responsibility. So how are you going to pay your bills um, and making sure that you're uh, meeting those needs to take, you know, uh, paying your mortgage or, or uh, the car payments and the house payments and everything else. I, I, I for us, if I reflect, and which we do often, it is really our faith that has been grounded um, to drive the decision making for us, for for my wife and I. And and that, I think, as you're looking at these new relationships, something you need to have a sit down and talk with your your girlfriend or or boyfriend, and what do they want out of those a relationship? Early on, it's easy because everybody's you know smiles and, and having a really fun time in those relationships. But what happens when you have a rocky relationship where you have difficult times, a death in the family, you lose a job. How do you overcome those, those, those challenges? And that's where the, the ability to have a prayerful time communicating with your spouse to understand how we're going to get through this together. Those are, those are some things that we uh, look at and how we reflect between my wife and I to drive the decision-making for us. Hopefully that answers your question. Uh, yes, that, that was uh, a very well thought out response. And yeah, I, I think being on the same page is, is a, a huge thing in terms of, uh, of faith in terms of family. I know uh, my girlfriend Jacqueline and I are going on uh, four years together here in uh, April, and it's continued to work because we have such similar family values, and we're we're on the same path for the the, the most part. And I think times that either of us waver or falter off that path we do have a pretty serious uh discussion uh about where our, our end goals are and it's meeting that other person and picking them back up and uh continuing to work towards those long-term goals that you have for your family and for each other so yes definitely and i'd also make sure that make the recommendation make sure as you're having those discussions and, and anybody's in a relationship you may have a long-term goal of X, but that may change and most likely will. So there's got to be an understanding of some flexibility that along that path, 
you're, you're going to, you're going to have some obstacles that you're going to have to navigate across through over under whatever that may be. So how do you na navigate this, this maze of life and making the right decisions? So the, the goal may change, but as long as you're doing it together and understanding the commitment to your faith with each other and commitment to your heavenly father and to entrust in Jesus Christ as Lord and savior, that ultimately is what will get you through. Um, so make sure you understand in those discussions. Uh, so we do marriage preparation classes as well uh, through the, through the Catholic church. And you, a lot of couples are now married or living together before they get married. So that's, that was an obstacle for Sherry and I uh, at first. Uh, how do you, how do you talk about this? But it's, it's, it has become more natural because most of the couples are all living together. But then you start getting in discussions of, so how are you going, what are the finances like? And what are you going to do at Christmas time? Are you spending a time with, with her side of the family, your side of the family? Are you going to split those days? Are you going to split holidays? Uh, things like that, that not, not everybody necessarily thinks about. How do you make those decisions um, based upon family history? And then you need to create, you, there's, you're called to be husband and wife. You, you come back together as a new family, so you start new traditions. It doesn't mean you're forgetting everything else, but now you've got these new creations, these new traditions, these new things that you'll do with your, with your own family uh, while you tailor some of the stuff from the past, but while, while not forgetting the past because it helps form who you are as a husband, as a father, uh, as a mother, as a, as a, you know, a daughter. So understand long-term goals is important, but they may change because of circumstances that happen throughout your life. That's very awesome that you brought up making new family traditions because uh, I'll be honest, uh, Jackie's family has a lot of great family traditions coming from her uh, Polish and Ukrainian uh, heritage that her great grandparents passed down, her grandparents passed down through her mom and passed down to her. And I've really enjoyed some of those uh, traditions that we've done together. And I'm not to say re resentful that we don't have as many family traditions on my side of the family, but it's just embracing those traditions that I know she's passionate about and making them into something of our own to create our own future family uh, traditions. So I think that's very cool that you brought that up because I've noticed that starting to progress in my life. Hey, if you guys are going to get married, I know a good band that plays polkas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to give you a call. <laughs> Andrew, I don't think he's come to see them at all. But maybe oh, I've seen them. I've seen them. Okay. I, think Wait. I don't know if you have, but that's all right. One uh, day soon. I've been to some, some maybe me, some polka stuff. Maybe it wasn't. They play rock and roll and some oldies and stuff too, not just polkas. <laughs> yeah, they're all really good musicians. It's cool. Uh, okay, that seems like a good place to finish off. Something, a lot of there's a lot of good stuff in there to take away for all the uh, all our our male listeners of any age. And then I think it's there's a lot in there for the women too to. Uh, keep in mind and to hold the men in their lives accountable on. Steven, do we have a call to action? Uh, yeah, I would say that our call to action is to spend time with your family. Obviously the holidays are, are closing down here, but 
spend time with your family and tell them uh, what you appreciate about them and have some of those uh, conversations that we tend to, uh, I guess, put off in our in our day to day lives. Tell tell those family and friends that are close to you that you love them and uh, what they mean to you and what they mean to your faith and what they mean to you completing your long-term goals as uh, an individual as well as a family unit. And if I could go on just a little bit further on that one too, those are so critically important, but as a husband or as a father or as a mother as well, let your children know how proud you are of them. Call out specific things that they've done today or this week or this, this past month and let them know that you're proud of them. It builds such a great uh, relationship between, between parents and children. Yeah, I, I would. Obviously, I'm not a parent uh, yet at this stage in my life, but it, it does feel good to get acknowledgement uh, from your, your parents and, and people whose opinion you value. And, uh, yeah, I think this has been one of our, uh, I think this has been one of our best episodes. I, I really think Matthew has been very insightful and I, I really hold your opinion in high regard. I really think you, uh, brought a lot to the table for us today. Uh, just gave us a lot of substance on, what we should be uh, striving toward and what we should be grateful for. And uh, it was a really great time. Yeah, thank you for the invite. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for the, uh, for the dialogue. It's been enjoyable. Hopefully you'll have me back sometime. Yeah, we'd love to. Thanks for coming on. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, please rate this podcast on Apple and Spotify. And we are also on YouTube and Rumble now. So if you prefer that, check that out. And uh, we'll see you next time. We have a episode on on uh, the proper stance on science and scientism coming up with a, a very smart very interesting guy it's going to be a great episode so stick around for that